This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is incredible. You know when you get the text about your STI results? The three-piner. Lots, I've been getting the spreadsheets ready. He knows his stuff, this boy. Or go down the Harry Potter route and send an owl. Well, I think we should get on the Wembley headphones. By the end of the tournament, there may be a kiss. Edison invented the light bulb. And naturally, we had to get Mike Dean to a chicken shop. Get on the moon! <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Peter Crouch Podcast. It's the first episode of our World Cup series. Chris Stark and Statman Dave are with me as usual. You right, boys? Yeah, very good. Yes. Bit weird that we're not all together in the pub, but we're doing this so that we can uh, kind of react to everything that's going to be going on during this tournament. You good, Dave? Yeah, no, very, very good. Feel comfortable in the cave, you know what I mean? You know, lots of features of the Stat Cave, and obviously through the season and the series, we'll we'll dive into, for example, what's in the red drawers behind me, uh, what's in my desk, and and so forth. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I shudder to think, to be quite honest. <laughs> I have to say though, Dave, you're obviously done, you've obviously done this before. Uh, Chris looks quite grainy to me on the on his screen. You are in ultra HD 4K by the looks mm. of it. The biggest thing is the lighting. Very very important with this. I have got two lights either side. I have got a light to the side as well. So you know you just got you got to be in the zone, haven't you? Yeah, you got to remember, Statman Dave is both uploading and downloading huge quantities of data. <laughs> And, and frankly, all sorts, I'm sure. Um, and he needs the internet to cope with it. Out of interest, who do you internet with, Dave? I couldn't let you know with that information. There's multiple VPNs that bounce our you know, internet signal and, and connection around the world, Chris. So we're basically, we're nowhere. We're stealth. <laughs> I don't even know what you just said, Dave. I literally no idea. I'm sitting here with my Wembleys on and my Japanese internet. <laughs> It's so good to see the Wembley's back on, Crouchy. I've missed those. So th- this is so locked down when we did it like this. This reminds me of long nights where we would just get pissed. I'll be sat out here looking at you struggling with the tech. And it's great to see you've got the same headphones again. Well, the only reason I wear these is because it. I don't have to worry about a mic or, or listening because it's all just incorporated in one gaming device. Um, and yeah, I mean, I do look like a bit like Britney Spears, but... It seems to work. So welcome along. The plan with this is we thought, what do we want to do for the World Cup and how can we cover it as we always were going to do on this podcast? So we thought what we would do is we'd go twice a week. We've done this a couple of times before. You guys seem to love it. It, We're going to do it remote like this just so we can concentrate on the footy and, and dig down into that. Um, you, you'll probably hear all sorts in the background. Right now, I can hear a dog. Whose dog is that? Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, that's me. The dog's going mental. I just don't. I, I obviously, let me, I should tell you, I was at a swimming gala. I've left Abby at the swimming gala so I could record this podcast. So God knows how she's going to get home. 
Um, I've burst through the door. And as I've burst through the door, I've said, all the kids have run to me and I've gone, right, kids, I've got to do a podcast. And I've just heard from the toilet, dad, can you wipe your bum? <laughs> so I've literally run in there, wiped his ass really quickly. <laughs> and then come straight in here for the World Cup pod episode one. I think it's kind of perfect though. Not, not the sort of wiping ass scenario. I just mean the, the us being inside doing this you know in our respective homes everyone well the vast majority of people are going to be enjoying the world cup um not in beer gardens like we normally would in the summer we're, we're indoors we're inside pubs we're, in, we're inside our living rooms watching it um so it feels right that we can kind of do that and then jump on and do this podcast so let's get into the action obviously the world cup this season is a bit of a weird one middle of the season but crouch as a player when did you start thinking about the world cup are we talking april may uh, obviously, I got in, in two World Cup squads, 2006 and 2010. And, and 2006, I think like, I was only concerned with with playing, really. Um, you know, we won the FA Cup that year. You know, that was obviously at the end of the season. And, you know, they, they were huge, huge things for me. You know, we were playing a champion. Like, there was big games to, to play. So I, I genuinely didn't think about the World Cup until the moment that last ball was kicked. And then you think, oh my God, you know, it's arrived. And then I don't know if I don't know if it's better for for these lads really um, that they're going straight into it. I think that I think sometimes the build up's too long. Um, you know, nerves can set in a little bit, and the you know, there's no football to talk about, so it's con- it's just constant. Every day in training is like a different story, and that's the back page news. Um, so I, I actually think going straight into a World Cup would would be better in some ways. Yeah. And I think a lot of the build up to this, um, it's felt, it has felt unusual because it's coincided with this kind of run up to Christmas. And uh, it's been hard to get into the mind frame of what would be a, a major tournament in exactly the same way. I mean, have you ever experienced anything like this Crouchy? I mean, I don't, I don't think you have. Yeah, I mean, like I say, there's a there's a sort of two three week period where you're getting you know adjustment period from the Premier League to or the Championship or whatever football you're into to then the World Cup. Like you, you things start ramping up. We haven't seen that at all, have we? We we've it's like we've been removed from it. And as players, you're like you know you just gone straight into it. It's just the most bizarre experience. But what about players as well that aren't playing? I mean, it's an unusual breakup in the season for them. And also where you'd have major tournaments and then you'd have, okay, a short a summer holiday afterwards. It, those players that perform well in tournaments uh, and the noise that came from that, it, it made noise that then led into the start of a new season rather than the continuation of the season as it is. I'd be interested to know how the timing of this will affect the Premier League right now, for example. Mm. Well, it's funny you say that, like the players who aren't aren't going, they are ecstatic. To be quite honest, Thomas Frank, I was speaking to him and he was going, "Ah, uh, oh, this is fantastic," and he said, uh, "I'm going skiing and then I'm going to Zanzibar." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Fair enough." That is amazing. And I said to Guardiola, "Was like, oh, my bags have been packed for a week." It was like you know, genuinely like like his. The beam, the smile. This is someone who's relentlessly worked for the last seven years at Man City. No breaks whatsoever. You know, maybe a few weeks in the summer. All of a sudden, like, 
you know, four weeks in the middle of a season. And usually Christmas, the busiest period, you know, like just before Christmas. Um, but they are, honestly, it's a great chance to refresh for the players who are left at home and the managers. Yeah, it does make you wonder then, you know, we all see what happens in the summer and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. I do wonder who the winter Wayne Lineker is. You know, what everyone is doing. Where are they going? They're not, they're not at O-Beach, are they? This time of year, it'll be, it'll, be a, it'll be a sort of change in the holiday situation for those that aren't going to the tournament. Might be at the Folly Deuce. Have you lads been to the Folly Deuce in the Alps? I've heard of it, actually. Someone told me about this last week, believe it or not. What's yeah. this? So this is basically, it's like an apres ski bar. So from three o'clock in the afternoon, they basically get a DJ on and it will be blasting out tunes and basically it's just a massive party. So you'll basically ski down there at about half three get on the beers and then that'll be you done for the rest of the night. Then you'll ski down and continue the party. So it is relentless. I don't know if some of the players have not got that, you know, they've got the ability to handle that much drinking. I just love to picture like all the Premier League managers at Folly Dooch. <laughs> <laughs> just skiing down there, giving it massive on the, on the slopes. <laughs> well, that's a point. Yeah, because Crouchy, you weren't ever allowed to ski, were you? So I'm assuming players can't go out and do the winter thing. I mean, it's just not going to be allowed, is it? No, so the, the, the players won't. Obviously, like I spoke to, I live by a couple of players, and um, you know they've they're not in the, in the international squads. And you know, I'm asking them what what you're doing, and they're going to like places like the Maldives, and you know, um, you're trying different kinds of holidays because mainly when you you're off in June, you just stay around Europe. You know, you don't have long off. So, you know, Europe's great weather. But now, obviously, winter sun, that's opened a whole new... Sort of, that's going to blow some footballers' minds. You know, like for me, I I would really struggle with that. I'd be like, oh my God, like you, we can go to places that you wouldn't normally go to because the it's usually the rainy season, isn't it? Or, um, you know, you're going that far, it sort of works the other way. So um, it'll be an interesting one to see where... Where players go, maybe we can keep, maybe we can keep across that. Maybe we could um, mm. we could check in with perhaps over the course of this World Cup series that we're doing. Maybe we could check in with the odd player who's not not being a part of the World Cup and just find out what they're up to and what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Let's do that, lads. Have you seen the story that that's has been breaking over the last few weeks? Erling Haaland, obviously Premier League top goalscorer, eighteen goals, scored more goals than Chelsea before the break. So Ashton United submitted a 28-day loan deal for the Norwegian international. So he would go and play in the Northern Premier uh, League Premier Division. And they'd cover the wages? Maybe a proportion of the wages. But he would go and play, you know, in in a pretty rough league. Mate, come on, he'll be out... He'll be running up the ski slopes. He'll just be on a mad one. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I wonder if Harlan is running up ski slopes. He's <laughs> probably running up ski slopes, chopping, chopping down some trees and then running back with the logs. You know, in terms of keeping the fitness up then for this time, because I'm just so aware it's halfway through the season. And Dave, I don't know if this is something you can dig down on a little bit, but which Premier League teams are going to be disproportionately affected by the World Cup and potentially have, dare I say it, like the most to lose from a situation or, or their league positions more at stake just because the amount of players that are away. I, th- I think when you look at the, the numbers, I think Manchester City and Manchester United have the two most in the Premier League. I think City have 15 players. Manchester United have 14. 
so it, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. I think for Arsenal's perspective, if you know, you've got a few players that are in squads, you know, your Martinelli's in a very, very competitive Brazil squad. Is he going to start every game? So he might get a little bit of a break. You're looking at, you know, players like Ben White who've been brilliant this season. Is he going to start ahead of Trippier? Maybe not. So, it, you know, even though they're going to the World Cup, these players might have a little bit of time off. Uh, in terms of the two teams with the, the fewest uh, players at the World Cup, you've got Crystal Palace and Southampton with only one player each. So Nathan Jones could have a good bit of time on the training field. Mm. I think that's important as well, isn't it? Like you've got the chance to, especially for a new manager, to work with the players without any games, you know, could sort of iron out any any issues. Um, but I know that obviously Man City are going, you know, they've got some time off and then they've gone to Abu Dhabi, some warm weather training. So it's good. It's a nice little break this. So like for the ones who aren't going, it's a nice chance to refresh. Um, you know, speaking to those Brentford players, I think there's only three or four maybe going to the World Cup, like, quite a few of them you keep them together and you know can can have a nice break do you feel that it, it's kind of like and is this how it works crouchy different clubs will have different strategies around this time i'm sure pretty much all of them will offer some sort of break no no every every club will want to be getting you know be getting that just one over another club if you know what i mean so um there'll be plenty of clubs probably training more so uh but you know speaking to the managers that i spoke to on the weekend they they, they, they were all about I thought there'd be more more chance to get some training in maybe and uh and, and get one up on your counterpart. But it's more now it's more a case of like they were just looking forward to the break, you know, mentally recharging mm. and getting away from football. I think that was that's what the consensus seemed to be. I wanna talk about the moment that you find out that you've been called up for your national team, what that moment's like, how the communication happens, how it maybe has changed to now. How is it for you? Well, obviously, it's a slightly different to, obviously, I saw the, the Uruguay announcement where they've made, done, it was a bit like a signing thing, wasn't it? You know, where they go hugely overboard and go to every player's um, town where they're from in Uruguay and then reveal the name. Uh, it was like a huge blockbuster film announcement. Um, I'll be honest, 2006, I got a call from Michelle from the FA and... Um, <laughs> She just said, basically, you're in the squad and, you know, can you meet up at this day and bring this and that? Uh, so not quite the same as the Uruguay announcement. And then 2010, I was on the golf course with my dad and I had a call from Franco Baldini um, on the, thankfully, it was on the 18th. And he said, what number would you would you ideally want? And I said, I'll take anything. I don't mind. And he said, well, how about number nine? And I was like, oh, my God, like, you dream about playing for England but but the number nine is like iconic. So to have that for a World Cup was amazing. And I feel like it was a bit shithousery of him because I played about three minutes <laughs> in that tournament. Um, so I feel like I got totally shithoused with the number nine. It's like, it's like a, you know, I just said to my dad, I said, I'm starting, dad. It's 100%. I'm starting. Got the number nine. And he was like, fucking hell, son. This is incredible. And then I got <laughs> shithoused for the entire tournament and then, then dropped for the Euros in 2012. As everyone knows, Aaron Ramsdale, he's a big friend of this pod. I thought uh, just before we did this podcast, I thought I'd just um, message him and ask him to forward on the message he got from the FA to say that it had been selected. Because uh, he said he said it happened by text. Yeah. So we're still doing it by text, are we? It's still by text. <laughs> and I don't know. It reads the same way. You know, when you get 
the text about your STI results. <laughs> it says along the top, strictly confidential. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know. I don't know why I'm slightly disappointed in it. Like it's an amazing message, right? You're, you're getting a call up. It's, it's very polite. It says, please to confirm you've been selected for the England men's senior squad for the upcoming FIFA world cup, 2022 in Qatar. I don't, I don't really know what I imagined from this situation, but it just feels this is the kind of message you send around the group when you're doing the organisation for Wednesday night goals. It sort of has that feel to it. I know what you mean. It's, it says you need to remember to bring your passport, boots, shin pads and trainers. <laughs> it's the exact same text. It's still doing it the same way. It's the exact, te- it's the exact same <laughs> So is, is that, does that mean somebody's turned up at the airport without their trainers and their boots and their shinnies? Is that is that happened then? You've got to remember that the kit man at the clubs does everything. So we wouldn't carry boots or shin pads anywhere. Oh, okay. So like when you've played your last game, literally when you see those players with those black bin liners, they've got their boots and their pads in there and stuff. And then they take them to... To England camp, I literally had a black bin bag turned up with my, you know, my. But, but again, I've I've forgot my my shin pads and boots and stuff like that. I've just turned up and gone, oh bollocks, or I've forgot my suit. Um, because you don't carry it, you don't carry it usually yourself. Just have that little wash bag. I get that, Crouchy, but for me, it just feels so odd that you're getting. This is the dream call up. This is the one. This is the this is the one we've all dreamt of, and it's just something so. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's something just very weird about reading it in text form that, you know, remember to bring your passport, your boots, your shin pads, your trainers, arrive in your England tracksuit. It's the World Cup. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm, t- I'm totally with you. It is bizarre. It should be more, I don't know. It feels like it should be a phone call from Gareth, shouldn't it? That's what I always thought it would be. It should be a phone call from Gareth or it should be some sort of, I don't know, special announcement on your phone. It should, I don't know, spray confetti out your phone or something. Or, you know, when it's your birthday on Twitter and there's a few balloons, like you just think there's going to be something more to it. I don't know what to compare it to really. It's just, it's just weird to see it in such a kind of basic terms. I totally agree. But I, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought there'd be, I thought there'd be a new way, but yeah, we're, we're, we're sticking, sticking with the text. You know when uh, someone gets a golden ticket on Willy Wonka, right? And then that evil bastard turns up and sort of whispers in the child's ear to go to the factory. Do you know what I mean? In the original film, he always seems to be there at the right time. It should be in person and a bit like that. Like you have this real celebration moment then one of Gareth's minions sort of just whispers in your ear. It's like, you're going to be the number nine. Something like that. Or go down the Harry Potter route and send an owl. You know, something. (laughs) Get him to judge his houses or something. <laughs> line, them all, line them all up. You know, when there's a chair and they have to go and sit on the chair. <laughs> Make a show of it. <laughs> Do you know what I always think, Dave? What's good is when you can impress your mates down the pub. And I think, obviously, you know, this is full of um, information. You know, we're trying to share stats with people and uh, help them understand football a bit more um and i think you're the man to do it dave i think if someone wants to impress someone down the pub and they just throw a random 
Iran in and they can name a few players and see what they're going to People always do that eyebrow like, oh, he knows his stuff, this boy. So if Chris wants to go down the boozer, is there any information you can give him? Chris needs to start with Serbia, I think. Serbia could be a, a really good side at the, the World Cup. You think, first and foremost, they've got two really good goal scorers, Mitrovic and, and Vlahovic. Mitrovic, obviously, in the Premier League, 66 goals in 69 appearances for Fulham and Serbia since the start of last season. A goal every 88 minutes. But more importantly, a target man winning 5.5 aerial duels per 90 last season, ranking himself in the top 5% of strikers in Europe. Is he a golden boot shout then? I would say so. I think that the, the interesting thing from doing the, the route with Crouchy there, in the round of 16, if they can beat Portugal, which will be tough, but at the same time, you know, Serbia have, Serbia have beaten them within the last year or so. Then the quarterfinals, they'd face Belgium. Then the, obviously, then it goes to France and, or England, and then the final is obviously going to be tough. But if they go on a little bit of a run, you think the group stages could be quite good for them. They've, they're in the group of uh, Brazil, Switzerland and Cameroon. Brazil look a little open at times um, when teams have been attacking them, especially on the counter-attack. And I think that's where Serbia could be really good in that moment. Same with Switzerland, same with Cameroon. So no, I think Mitrovic is a great shout for the golden boot, but Vlahovic as well is another absolute you know, assassin in front of goal. Yeah, interesting. So, Chris, when you go down, like, you know, pin stars or wherever you go, um, <laughs> <Pin> stars. <laughs> you go down there and you just say, you know what, Serbia. Yeah. Get a few eyebrows raised. Yeah, that's exactly it. They'll say, uh, who do you reckon could do it? Hit them with Serbia. I think the other side of it, like with the obviously we talk about the strikers, defensively player back five. That's been good in international football in recent years. But then you've got Milinkovic Savic, Lazio central midfielder, seven assists in Serie A this season, flying. Big striker, target, scores goals. Been some absolutely outrageous flicks and tricks from him this season. Him and then Dusan Tadic, ex-Southampton, who's been flying, obviously been sensational at Ajax since he moved back to the um, Eredivisie and in the Champions League as well. There's, there's real quality in the side. Oh, this is what we should do, Crouchy. During this tournament, let's send Dave speed dating. And <laughs> every person he sits down with, he's just got to hit them with football. Like this sort of stats-based World Cup stuff. And we'll just see what works. And then if anyone matches with you, win-win. We know which facts are the useful <laughs> ones. And, you know, people from this pod can go and use them. Mm. And um, you might pull. You never know. You never know. Obviously, you've got a, the information, I think, is going to be crucial. But we need to take an out, do, to do analysis of what works and doesn't work. So we'd have our like, conversion rates on the lines and so forth. I think, look, by the end of the tournament, there may be a kiss. Absolutely, Dave. Well, listen, if England win the World Cup, that's where the babies are made. That's that's what happens, isn't it, Crouchy? This is an absolutely amazing idea. So you think we send Dave speed dating and all he can do is sit down and just hit them with facts. <laughs> World Cup facts <laughs> for each team. We see which ones buy it and want to meet <laughs> Dave again. And then we review what those facts were. Like, maybe we give them a country per person. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Mm, yep. That's great. We'll I'm make a big it fan happen. of this. All right, well, let's make that happen. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business removing friction and frustration for your employees. 
supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. Do you remember the last tournament, Crouchy, we did this? And and obviously it's, it was, you know, it was just a guessing game, wasn't it? But I remember you, I, I thought England were going to win the last tournament. And maybe that was just on pure kind of passion and being a fan. And I probably say it every tournament anyway. But I quite like it when there's a bit more negativity leading up to the tournament about the squad because I feel like there isn't necessarily that same pressure. I don't know if the players feel it. I mean, maybe you could give, well, you definitely could give much more of an insight into that. Um, but maybe that could end up playing to their strengths because we have a, mm. we actually have a very good squad, don't we? Yeah, I've talked about this before. Like, I, I don't feel that pressure was on me when I when I played. You know, like if you think about it, like the golden generation. I don't think I was part of that golden generation. Like I, you know, those players were Lampard, Gerrard, the Galacticos, if you like, Beckham, Rooney, Owen. John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, like, I felt like most, I, I could play with a little bit more freedom. Do you know what I mean? It was, I don't know. I think those players felt the weight, like if they don't win the World Cup or win the Euros, then, you know, they're the players that would have got criticised really. So um, I, I think now it's a different, it's definitely different. There's more of a, there's more of a buzz, isn't there? There's more of a connection between the fans and, and the team. Um, and I think, you know, that certainly helps. It felt like if we were drawing at half time, it felt like there was negativity. And, you know, certainly with the press as well, I think they, it felt like us and them, if you like. Whereas I don't mm. think this squad have that. Um, it's definitely easier now. They look like more of a, a of a club, if you know what I mean, rather than an international. Certainly it was more fractious maybe when I played. Um, and I think that helps them. So, and also going straight into a tournament will definitely help them, I think. You don't have to think too much. You just go and play, you know. And um, I still think I think England could do well, definitely. But I just think when you look at that France squad, that Brazil squad, um, it's going to be tough to beat them. Do you think players that are like flying into the tournament, Crouch, you like your Madisons, they need to be playing. They need to be starting just because of what they've been doing in the Premier League. That they'll have that confidence. Even even someone like a Callum Wilson. Yeah, it, it, listen, it definitely helps. I mean, I was going into that. That World Cup 2006, I was like full of confidence. I'd scored loads, of, a load of goals. I think I had ten goals in that calendar year for England. Um, it was a, you know, it was good, good times for me. Um, and it was definitely, you know, more helpful being in that in that vein. I, I worry for obviously people like Harry Maguire, maybe that struggled for for a little bit of form. I know he's picked up a little bit late, lately, but um, it, it is slightly worrying. You know, when you've got a player like Madison, as you say, like I'd start him. I think if you look at our group with Iran, USA and and Wales, like we're going to have a lot of the ball. So get your best footballers on the ball. You know, people like Madison. I think I'd play Trent. You know, players that are comfortable in possession. Um, you know, Bellingham, uh, Rice. Uh, I'd play Madison in midfield. I'd get Foden on the ball. You know, Sterling, Kane. I'd, you know, that's what I would do. And I'd play, I'd play four and back. I don't think you need to be so defensive. I think we're going to have so much of the ball. We need players that can open teams up so you know that's what that's what I would do it's not necessarily what I think Gareth will do though no and it's an interesting tournament for him as well I mean it's been framed as a kind of all or nothing situation whether that's the truth or not I don't know but 
the guy <laughs> I do think, and this is so England, could come out of this tournament with a knighthood or with a P45. <laughs> and that's so bizarre, isn't it? It's one or the other, isn't it? It's love or fucking despise. It's like <laughs> there's no there's no middle ground. I think what you should do is like it's like he needs to shed the cardigan, you know, like get rid of the of the tank top. You know, let the shackles are off. Just let him go and play. You know, I just feel like he actually should actually take it off. You know, don't wear that. Go, I'm going to go. It's hot there anyway. Don't don't put it on and go and play people that are going to go and win his games. <laughs> so Crouchy drops the suit then. Does he turn up in a tracksuit or are you thinking more stylish, you know, jeans? and? No, I was thinking like, you know, like a roll up of the shirt kind of thing. Mm. I think you can have a tie, but no, no top button done up you know sort of just roll it up a bit Joachim Lowe's sort of vibes if you were sort of judging this at a wedding you know you've seen those videos where you have you know you've video of yourself with the first pint you video with the last pint how many pints has Gareth Southgate got to have in in terms of the look you're going for Crouchy it's a three pinter at least yeah (laughs) three three yeah he's there's a there's a there's a sort of smile with the confidence you know yeah yeah i don't want him completely bladdered do you know what i mean yeah (laughs) you just want him doing that you remember that pizza hut advert you know just little wink at the camera (laughs) that sort of attitude you know let's get back to that just a bit more like you know that's what i'm saying play madison just a little bit more risque just you know that top button's loosened up the ties you know just down a notch the sleeves are rolled up, no cardigan, shed the cardigan, go and win. Well, I'm looking forward to this, boys. We're going to do this uh, twice a week. It's a good excuse for me to escape out into the garage, have a couple of beers with you and chat chat about the World Cup. Um, so that's going to be lots of fun. And and as we always say, please pile in. Any questions, any ideas you've got, anything you want us to cover, anything like that, just head to the website, thatpetercrouchpodcast.com. Right, so I'm going to just get across um, some speed dating uh, apps or sites. Uh, I better tell Ab what I'm doing first before. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll get Dave some dates. It's going to be great. I mean, if this goes well, maybe we do set up a sort of stat-based dating service. <laughs> do you reckon there's a, do you reckon there's a uh, demand for that? Yeah, stata. <laughs> Plenty of stats. <laughs> stats. <laughs> That, I mean, someone will have a better name for it. I'm disappointed that's all we can really offer up. But yeah, some sort of stat-based dating thing for, you know, like the uniform dating for those that uh, are into stats um, or, or stat men mm. or women. Stat and uh, <laughs> we could call it XD, which would be good as well. XD. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. But for now, until we've created the stat-based dating app, we definitely need to send Dave um, speed statting. And also, just for now, I encourage anyone that's single and listens to this pod to use one of Dave's stats on your Hinge profile or when you are chatting to someone on one of these and maybe just screenshot the results and send them in to us. It'd be amazing to see if anyone pulls off these these, these Dave, these Statman Dave gems. Unbelievable, Chris. Everything that I've built in my my career, my future, now we're using it for dating. (laughs) Absolutely. They do loads of these speed dating things, though, where you go from table to table. would be great. You're just just 30 seconds away. Even if we create our own speed dating thing, we just fucking bang, you know, and just go right, Iran, bang, just bang every stat about Iran at her. And then, like, you know, 
South Korea. Bang. All right. So all of that fun to look forward to. Make sure you tell your mates about the pod. We're on twice a week. Spread the word. Uh, boys, we'll do this again very soon. Bat stronger. Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Really excited. Chumbawamba, lads. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.